Ah, welcome to Fishing Without Bait. Whether you've gotten here by accident or on purpose, there's always an open seat. There are no entrance exams or letters of reference required. There are no tests, no comparisons with others, and the only homework is to challenge yourself. If you're finding life particularly heavy going, feeling loaded down, and if you're restless, irritable, and discontent, perhaps you have the lenses in your glasses reversed and can only see negativity or you're living your life on wishes and hopes, you have found a place where synergy and synchronicity are combined and where we actually show you how to make magic, abracadabra, creating what you speak, speaking what you create. Not necessarily material things, however intangibles, no currency can purchase. Let us help you help yourself to fully participate in your life and use the power of your mind and its energy to learn to think not from our thoughts, but rather that at them and become a butterfly emerging from the chrysalis. Thinking back to Dorothy when she landed in Oz and opened the door to the world of color. Come with us, detach and untangle, identify and describe and live a life without definitive expectations. Explode into our world of full impact mindfulness. Open the door to your authentic self and let the adventure begin. Welcome. I'm Jim Ellermeyer. I'm a behavioral health therapist. And as we offer an eclectic roster of guests, today we have Dr. Randy Bartlett. Dr. Randy, welcome aboard. Thank you so much. It's a real honor and pleasure to be here to talk with you. Those are kind words. So tell us a little bit about what's good about being Dr. Randy. (laughs) Uh, There are honestly a lot of things about being good about being Dr. Randy. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I have my health and the health of my family. uh, And so I think that's important to acknowledge in these times. Um, And second, I get to do some pretty wonderful and amazing work every day. Uh, you know, I, I have been an educator my whole life. Uh, I, I joke, uh, with my students that I never left school since I was five years old because I, uh, as soon as I graduated from college, I became, a uh, an educator and have been doing it ever since. Um, and I think what's so wonderful about that is being in education and doing the work that I do, you really get to see the the tangible transformation that you can help other people um, come to. Uh, and I, uh, I, I'm sure we'll talk about it more, but I, I now run uh, a small project-based peace and justice-focused high school here in Pittsburgh. And so every day being able to uh, work with young people and help facilitate their opportunities and their futures is just such an honor as a, as a profession and as a, as a vocation and and I have no complaints. (laughs) When people drive up and down North Highland Avenue in the Liberty section of Pittsburgh and they look over and they see city of bridges high school and they see a lot of younger people outside doing, uh, activities. I just, my own mind, I wondered the city of bridges. Uh, what is that? Uh, I imagine you get that question more frequently than not. Yeah. And City Bridges is, is a lot of different things. Um, I mean, at its core, it's a small, independent, nonprofit high school. Um, and we have 40 students right now. Uh, we continue to grow. We have uh, you know, more students coming and enrolling all the time. But it's, it's more than a high school. It's, it's really a learning community. And it's a space where young people, and frankly, people of all ages, uh, can come to uh, try to figure out 
how they want to explore and then achieve the paths that they want to follow in life. Um, I was looking at uh, your website, which is quite extensive and quite uh, descriptive. I was struck by one of the beginning statements where it says that the city of Bridges believes in order to have a just, equitable, sustainable, and joyful future, we need to live these values in the present. Yeah. So talk to us about that. That's values in the present. And we always talk about time traveling here. We talk about that it's action and effort in the present that make a future possible. So how does that translate into your mission? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a great question, and I think it's worth touching on some of the sort of myths that we have in our society about high school, the school experience in general, but high school specifically. Um, you know, that there's a lot of talk about, you know, high school is preparing you for the real world. It's preparing you for your life. Uh, and the truth of the matter is, and this I don't think is a surprise, is that high school students and kindergartners and, you know, fourth graders and 50-year-olds, whatever it happens to be, we're all living a real life now. Uh, the sort of preparation for real life uh, is a really problematic phrase because a 15-year-old's life is a very real life. And um, that if, if you hope and if we hope as a community and as a society that we are moving towards a life and a society that is, that is more just, where we treat each other with greater kindness where we recognize that um, our own joy and well-being and happiness is served and enhanced by the joy and the well-being and the happiness of others, um, that if we can recognize that now in the present, it helps us build the, the tools and the inclinations to not only live that personally, but to live that um, as, a, as a whole community. I love the way that you're thinking as when I deal with uh, younger people, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, and they just feel so disconnected, awkward, and out of place and not being able to fit in. And I let them know that you're allowed to think and feel however you think and feel. However, I think most adults discount uh, younger people's thoughts and particularly their emotions as, well, they're too young to really know. They'll, they'll get over this. No, the, the, the heartache of a 15-year-old may be as sharper or deeper than someone who's supposedly mature. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the, the, the heartache and the, the struggles are also, you know, complemented by the joys and the excitement and the passion. The, you know, as an, as an adult, we can sometimes have our um, sense of wonder be dulled by the sort of repetition of experience. Um, but particularly as you are a teenager, since that's what we're dealing with here, so many of the, the experiences, the joys, but also the tragedies that you have in your life are, uh, are new experiences. And as a result, um, you know, the, the lows can be very low, but the highs can be very high. And the, the ideas and the ideals and the passions um, are, are really wonderful and exciting. Uh, and as a, a middle-aged guy, you know, really thrilling to be able to be a part of on a daily basis. I can see here that the way that you're talking about saying that learning must have purpose, meaning, and should spark curiosity and excitement. That reminds me of the Buddhist concept of having a beginner's mind mm -hmm. versus an expert's mind. And I, I believe that's what you're 
asking these folks to cultivate, then it's wonderful to have that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I think that um, is something that I would hope that we can all hold on to. And I hope, you know, the one of my hopes for the City of Bridges students and anyone who comes through the City of Bridges organization is that they can carry that curiosity and that excitement and the the sort of belief in infinite possibility well beyond, you know, 18 in their graduation from high school. To explore possibilities. I think that's kind of like the beginning of the old Star Trek, <laughs> to go where no man has gone before. I think that's really wonderful. And we were, before the podcast started, Randy, we were talking about uh, core values, values, choices, and non-negotiables, and how that plays into identity formation. So you're dealing with people who are still helping to and shape their own identity and their own thoughts. So how does the city of Bridges assist in that? Yeah, I mean, it assists in a couple of different ways. Again, one of the... Uh, so I think it's important to note that I spent more than 20 years in education before opening city of Bridges. So part of the genesis of city of Bridges and those uh, choices that we have made as a community come not out of a uh, sort of vitriolic criticism of traditional models of education, but instead a, a recognition of some of the realities and the shortcomings of uh, what goes on in, in other educational environments. And so one of the challenges that you have in traditional school environments is that at the high school level, you take a bunch of 13 to 19-year-olds, usually 14 to 18 uh, who are in in that space of identity development, trying to figure out who they are and what it is that they are doing and what they want to be and who they want to be and how they want to be in the world. And you put them in a building that is predominantly uh, housing people of the exact same frame that they're currently in. Um, and then say to them, uh, you know, figure out who you are with only these other, you know, 15, 16 year olds to sort of bounce your identity off of. And so... City of Bridges is really intentional in um, engaging our students in the larger world outside of the schoolhouse walls. Um, in addition to, uh, you know, having our students involved in community projects, we also have people coming in from the community to work with our students. Our students all have internships um, in which they're able to engage with professionals who are uh, living the futures that these students are exploring. Um, so there's certainly that, this recognition that in order to shape your identity, you need to have multiple experiences with many different people from different backgrounds, different contexts, different uh, uh, sort of cultural frameworks in order to, to have a, a really sort of full and robust identity. So that's certainly one way that we do it. And you're talking about experiential training. Uh, being from the 12-step world myself, we often tell folks that the recovery work does not take place in these rooms. It takes place out there. And when I deal with my patients, I say the recovery work does not take place in this room. It takes place outside. It takes place in the world. Yeah. Oh, and education is the same way. That, that real learning and real sort of meaningful um, sort of system creation and uh, understanding of the the intricacies of the way the world works doesn't happen in the schoolhouse walls. In so many ways, 
our role is to one create and and provide foundational experiences and frameworks around which to build things and then to facilitate those meaningful experiences out in the world in which those foundational um, sort of frameworks can be applied and 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 then through a, a reflective process that's where uh, identity and meaning and purpose uh, and hopefully uh, a sort of clarity of path is is developed as well clarity of path I I really I really like that that's 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 amazing stuff uh, I really appreciate what you're trying to incorporate with these folks and also helping them understand that failure doesn't mean defeat failure doesn't mean to surrender uh, Mike and I often talk about when Thomas Edison was poked by an investigative reporter asking him how many, how it felt to have failed a thousand times in trying to create that filament uh, that would burn longer and light up the room. Uh, to which Edison replied, I've never failed. I've found a thousand things that didn't work. So that's what we try to help people take another perception. Which end of the horse do you want to look at? The horse has two ends. The horse doesn't move. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, and when, you know, as we were discussing previously, the, the sort of identity formation that is going on for young people, um, the fear of failure is, is more than just, you know, you know, am I, am I going to make this spreadsheet wrong? Is this presentation going to flop? There's a fear of failure that is much more, um, sort of central to this notion of being like, am, am I going to fail in becoming the person that I could become and becoming the person that I, that I hope to become. And so having a culture and a climate that says, not only is it okay to fail on this project or this presentation, because, uh, you know, every thing that doesn't work out the way you want it to work out is only an opportunity to learn from. But if you extend that beyond academics and beyond, um, this sort of, you know, production of things or ideas to the, to the, the process of, um, discovering and fostering yourself. Cause we all, you know, I certainly, uh, the, the person that I was at 15, I made plenty of mistakes in getting to where I am now. And I think to be able to say that it's okay to make mistakes and to, to travel down paths that, aren't the right path as long as you can approach those experiences as learning experiences as opportunities yeah. as we call them yes yes absolutely so uh most people fear to make choices or fear to make uh decisions because number one they're fear fear of failure fear of embarrassment or the how they fear it's going to be judged their decision, their choice is going to be judged by others. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that is, I think where, uh, intentional culture, particularly in a community in which a, a bunch of teenagers are residing, um, an intentional culture that, that supports that reflective process, that opportunity mindset, um, is, is not only, uh, productive, from a sort of outcome standpoint, but from a process standpoint as well, that it, it, uh, you come out of it with, 
you know, hopefully a better understanding of yourself and the way you want to go, but you also go through it in a much more healthy and, and holistic way. We go through the process of differentiating between emotional and wise mind choices and speaking to oneself. I encourage people to speak to themselves. And as I often ask people to preface decisions is, is if they're doing no harm. Mm-hmm. And if they're doing no intentional harm to anyone or anything, I say, I say, please do as you wish. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's, I think what we hope for the world, uh, you know, I mean, part of city of bridges, lar- yeah, I mean, larger sort of mission and goal extends beyond these individual children. I mean, young people at the end of the day, you know, they are our top priority. So, you know, the sort of daily choices that we make around um, what are we going to do and how are we going to approach this situation um, are, of course, centered around those individuals. But in terms of the the long term, if we are going to envision that more just, equitable and joyful future, um, one of the best and most effective ways to do that is to provide communities in which people can grow into themselves with that understanding of, um, of the way the world can be. One of the biggest issues that young people have that come to me, Randy, is that they feel they're not being understood or listened to. Yeah. And it is, you know, again, um, not to sort of lay blame, but one of the, the challenges that you have in many educational institutions is, is a problem of, of scale and a problem of, uh, intention that it it is so hard to hear and to be heard when you aren't able to form meaningful and personal relationships just because there are so many people in that, in that context. And then the second is that if if the intention of your experience is very um, linear and if it is very uh, outcome focused, it's very hard to be able to to circle back and and to stop and to be able to say, um, it doesn't seem like this is working for you. Let's talk about why it isn't working for you and how we can reshape your experience so that it meets you where you are. What I hear you saying is you're teaching people how to think through things rather than teaching to a test. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and the, one of the sort of dirty little secrets of, uh, standardized tests and the the sort of, um, test-based accountability. And this is frankly is true even before this, the sort of standardized test era, you know, that started 20 something years ago is that the vast majority of what you learn in high school, one, you don't really need, and two, you're, you're not going to remember. Um, <laughs> you know, and this comes from someone with, you know, I, I have a master's, a post-master's, a doctorate. I, I've done plenty of school. Um, but the really important things that you carry forth beyond school you know, it's not the quadratic equation. That, that's great. It's wonderful. Um, but it is, it's how to be in the world and how to be um, with yourself in the world. And then through that, 
how you are able to navigate the world in a way that gives you the opportunities that you want to have while at the same time, uh, you know, supporting your own well-being. Those are the things that matter. We're having a great conversation, and I would suggest that you tune in to our next episode, our next podcast of Fishing with Odd Bait, where we continue our conversation with Dr. Randy of the City of Bridges High School. Please check out our website at fishingwithoutbait.com, where you can listen to the show, comment on our discussions, and find out where you can subscribe to our podcast. If you're interested in flying the colors of Fishing Without Bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.